Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can call in, you can email, and I can, uh, and, uh, about today's sermon if you like. The number information is across the screen there. And good morning to everybody here. Good morning. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Almost. It's coming this Thursday, right? Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Remember the Lord. <laughs> Remember Jesus uh, this Thursday. So happy Thanksgiving. Um, also, I want to announce that next Sunday, during the Sunday morning service, instead of having a service, we're going to have a wedding. And you're all invited to the wedding. It's going to be live, and it's going to be on the net and everything. All right, next Sunday. And you're all invited. At 11 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> yeah. A real word. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. A real wedding, real people, real deal. Next Sunday morning, all right? And uh, so we'll give you more information. Well, it's going to be 11 o'clock, so just be here. And it's going to be really, really nice. It's going to be live. And I'm looking forward to it. All right? Um, any questions for me? I'm sorry? Yes. Okay. No, not, not, you, don't, you don't get another chance. Okay, I was praying the other day. Oh, Lord, somebody else praying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was able to, I saw that there's a, um, a spirit that's in my body uh-huh. that is not me, that's been living through me for the last 40 years. Right. Or however many years. Oh, we're. I don't know if I want to say this on the air. <laughs> Too late now. So, uh, yeah, it was just the weirdest thing that uh, there's this thing that's it living in my body. It's a spirit, and it's not me. What does it look like? Uh, I don't know if it necessarily had a, a presence, but it's dark. Oh, it is? But I know it's a spirit. It's like... It's like uh, the way I could describe it is like having a, I don't know, a vessel or a capsule and something inside it that's not, that's not me. And it was just, it was, I mean, I don't know, I didn't know what to do with it, but I definitely, it was Is this the first time you ever seen it? Yeah, fully like that, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's a question, but it's. Well, just make sure you stay in the back of the room with that kind of spirit. Because I left the cross upstairs. <laughs> I left the cross. I don't want that thing to get this out of me. Yeah. Well, good. Stay with prayer. Absolutely stay with prayer. Anybody else? You have a question? Hold on just a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Don't give it to him yet. You have a question? Just a comment. What is it about? I may have saw during my prayers 
You, okay, go ahead, real fast. I just was, uh, I just was aware of, some, uh, when my prayer, uh, prayers, I was aware of something that looked like a demon who hated, who hated me for pray, uh, praying. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. That uh, was Irma's cousin. <laughs> 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 yes. I just want to know, when you're aware of something, uh, you absolutely don't, uh, something like that, even when you're, uh, when you're not, uh, not really praying, you mu uh, must not react to it? Right. Oh, yeah. Do nothing about it. Dan, thank uh, you. You're welcome, buddy. That's a good one. Uh, turn the heater off, Hermes. <coughs> what I've noticed is that uh, I was thinking about this since we, I've, I've met a lot of people over the last 23 years, a lot of folks, of all races, male and female, and I've noticed everybody have the same story, and I've noticed that no one has ever been able to fix themselves to change the way that they are. Have you noticed that? I don't care if they read the Bible, lift up holy hands, run around town, meditate, whatever you're doing. I don't know. Well, I know a few people who have changed. I do know some, but have you noticed that, including yourself, and only you know about you, I'm not accusing you, but if you know, have you noticed that you have not changed? Yes. Anybody, you guys notice that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have changed? And, and, and how have you changed? For the better. Or uh, the worse, as he says. You changed for the worse? No, for the better. Uh, and how, what changed about you? Well, in regards to the story, because uh, you mentioned that people have a, st a story, or just in regards yeah, it's to... It's all the same. Everybody pretty much have the same problem. Right. In that they want God, they want to change, but they don't change. They go to church to change. They read the Bible to change. They go to see psychiatrists and psychologists to change. But most people are not changing. Some are, but most, most are not. Getting rid of that spirit that's made a home inside of them. This thing that makes them unhappy. Have you changed from that? Yes. You, you no longer have that spirit anymore? I don't think so. No, no, no. For sure, yes or no thing. For sure, no. You, you, you got rid of that spirit that used to control you in a negative way. Yes. Oh, good. And how did that happen? It's just through soul-searching prayer. I'm sorry? Soul-searching prayer. Yeah. And so you no longer have it. And you're no longer the person that you used to be. No. That's good. Yeah, I have met one or two that, you know, I understand what God means when he said only a few will change. I have met one or two. But, well, that's good. Yes, sir. I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but um, holy it, it took a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of, like, you know, seeking within uh -huh. to see and, and who I was and not, you know, getting out of any kind of denial and taking responsibility and using not just the Bible, but any form of anything out there, wisdom. And I've noticed, like, paid attention to my emotions and my responses to everything, everywhere. It took a lot of time and effort. Right. But I'm I'm very good at um, just about anything. People could probably get away now with calling me names and everything, and I still feel joyful and happy, and it can't affect my, good. my spirit because it's coming from inside me. So, like, uh, you know, I can just 
but it but it's still a work in progress and got to stay on top right. of it you know every day so you no longer do right. the things that you used to do no not at all no, None no, of them. nowhere near no my language is different everything's different yeah that's great i mean yeah there's still some things that i'm still working on yeah right definitely. how did you change uh, well, how did you overcome that spirit that has <clears throat> that had made a home inside of you uh in in, in reality like um it took a lot of work like i say but in in the deeper picture it's like when people talk about it's the grace of God. It's it's you could call it the grace. You could call it you know the universe. The but it's that it's that energy. It's that other that this love. I focused a lot on love, and um, positivity. You know affirmation and just try to change my perceptions and my way of thinking mm-hmm. because I had like a picture painted and um, almost like what he was talking about earlier about the story that we keep repeating and I kind of like had that as my identity for a while. So like I was holding a lot of anger and resentments and like. Different, you know, letting letting society think for me, you know, kind of being a product of my environment. Yeah. And so eventually, I found my myself. You know, I had to completely wipe everything out, and I think I need to continue to do that constantly, like wipe all the thoughts out, not to get caught up in my own ego, my own perceptions. Right. And um, and I use the Bible, and I use other other books too, and other forms of uh, okay. Prayer. I'm praying all the time. I got to pray constantly. It's a day and night thing, you know. And so you no longer have that that spirit that would cause you to act and do things that you didn't want to do. It's gone completely. Yeah, that one's gone. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Good, he, man. He's uh, yeah. I don't know where he went. <laughs> he's somewhere else now, causing trouble. You know. <laughs> How did it leave you? I I just feel content. You know, I'm content and peaceful. Like like I could handle anything. Like I'm not worried. I'm I'm no longer looking at what I don't have. I'm just like. Right happy with whatever I have, like, Good. every day, and, like, I appreciate beauty and the sun and everything, you know, just, like, so much more, and I, I just love everyone, even people that I even might have hated or thought I didn't like at one time, or you people that did these. everyone? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I go through life like that, and the people, but a lot of people don't you like that. You did not that. love everyone before? No, I didn't, no. Oh, okay. No, I had a lot of um, picking and choosing going on, and, and if anyone did anything to me, I always had some kind of um, something I wanted to do to them, you know, and and there was right. always like anger and resentment and or or, or even thoughts of revenge, you know, and all, everything, you know, and uh, so that I went through life like that, you know, and uh, and I went through life thinking that that the world had to be done that way with, with like intimidation, fear, because that's the way that I grew up, and that's like the world that I grew up in. But right. I, and then so uh, I went the other direction and chose love and forgiveness, and a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of people still don't like it, and so there's always going to be a constant attack towards me because of the fact that I'm smiling and happy and I'm going to keep on loving and even when people try to um, attack yeah. me I'm going to still try to do my best to smile and be happy with them and sometimes it works out and and, and uh, we end up friends anyway and, and you know, but sometimes it doesn't but I could, yeah. I could walk away. So you, know? you no longer get angry? Uh, hardly. It's rare. It's so like it takes and then when I do that's when I, I have to forgive myself and I have to pray and, and get back on my, my program and see what but sometimes you get every blue moon you get angry. Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. It happens every blue moon. Yeah. And, and if you have, if you not if you don't have that spirit anymore, how are you able to get angry every blue moon? Yeah, I think it's kind of like like a burning fire, and like and so like it it's like it's almost out. Maybe there's just like little embers still, or oh, okay. or like or like some something of that nature, like a like a a tree that got knocked down, but like. The roots still there, and so it's still. That's what I said. It's still like, I'm, but I'm still going after it. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna. Good, I'm never man. gonna give up. You know, I'm never gonna that's let right. it. You know, grow back or, or burn or so let 
I'm gonna keep putting water on it, and I'm gonna keep on smothering it, and can keep on with love. You know what I mean? How old are you? Uh, 35. Oh, okay. Real good, man. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I was talking to a lady uh, this this week, well, last week now, who was referred to me for counseling, and she was in her late 60s. Uh, very unhappy lady, and in the very beginning of the phone call, when I asked. How may I help you? She said, uh, I, I want to die. I want to leave this planet. I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to die. And I asked her, well, you know, why do you want to leave the planet? She said, because I want peace in my life. I'm in my late 60s and I don't have peace. And I want peace. And I just believe if I could go to another planet somewhere, just leave here, I can have that peace. And I said to her that I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that risk, you know. I wouldn't want to die with all that inside of me thinking that I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to be able to find peace because you may end up in a location where there is not an opportunity to overcome, you know, to repent. And you can have eternal hell, you know, for the rest of your life. And she's like, no, I just, I just, I can't handle it. Then she started crying. I can't handle this anymore. I just don't want to be around. And I asked if she have children, and she said yes. And I said, well, your kids wouldn't want you to, you know, die. I know, but, you know, I just, I can't handle it. And um, she said that they told me you can help me, so I gave her a, a chance, and I called you. And so I asked her, uh, what was she angry about? And I believe she said she didn't really know why she didn't have this peace, right? And um, and I said that, well, are you, do you really, we had a long conversation for an hour. And I, asked, I finally asked her, I said, do you really, really, really want peace? You want to be happy? You want to overcome this thing? And she said, yes. And by the way, she had gone to other preachers, psychiatrists and psychologists and people like that and, and spent a lot of money trying to find peace. So I asked her, I said, look, do you really want peace? Because I'm going to tell you how to get it. And so if I give you this advice, will you take it? And she's like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I said to her, well, the first thing you got to do is stop hating your mother. And she's like, no. I said, because you become just like your mother, right? She's like, no, I'm not like my mother. Uh-uh. At first she said she didn't hate her mother. And she's like, no, I don't hate my mother. Then I said, you do, because you're just like her. And I don't know this woman. I've never seen her. I don't know her mother. She's like, no, I'm not like my mother. And she goes, I mean, just boo-hoo. I hate my mother. I, I, I try hard not to be like her. I, I did everything, you know, different from what she did. I said, but you had to realize you still became like her. And when I said that, she just really broke down. Because the last thing she wanted to be was to be like her mother. And then so I told her, I explained to her, you need to forgive your mother. Your mother couldn't help herself. And I said, the problem is you, uh, you, you're never going to find peace because that anger you have toward your mother or anybody, toward yourself or anyone, is keeping you away from God. That's what you're separated from God. And I said... Um, and so unless you forgive your mother, you're never going to be free. And so she just ran out a list of things that her mother did to her, 
how her mother used to embarrass her father in front of them when they were small. She would go off on her father, just really demean him, make him look bad and stuff. And she realized that she just did. She said her sister, she had a second sister. Her sister, uh, oh, had one sister, uh, gave in to the mother, but she rebelled against the mother because she knew, you know, she didn't like the mother. And then I said, well, you got to forgive her. You're never going to be free. So that you can learn to be with God. You can be with him if you forgive him. And then she, she said something about the things she did in the community. And she's like, I'm a, I'm a good person because I do this in the, in the community. I do different things. I help out. I'm a really good person. And I said, no, you're not. You're not a good person. You're no good. You're evil. She said, well, at least my friends think I'm good. The people, <laughs> the people think you, I'm good. I said, yeah, they think so, but in reality, you're not. Because you cannot be an angry person and be a good person. It just it doesn't, it's not logical. It doesn't go together. Do we have any good peoples here? <laughs> Nobody will raise their hand now. <laughs> One good man. But I said, that doesn't make sense. How are you going to be a good person and be an angry person? But she was basing it on the things that she did for others. And the fact that they thought that she was good, they saw her as good. I said, no, you are no good. And she was like, wow, I've never heard that before. So my only problem is I need to stop being angry. I need to stop resenting. And I said, yeah. I said, there is no reason at all in life to be angry. There's not one thing that can happen to you in life. And uh, you have the right to be angry about it. She's like, really? And she said, well, so I can't hate the rapist? I was raped. I can't be mad at the rapist. And she started boohooing again. And I said, no, you can't be mad at the rapist either. You have no right to judge the rapist. And see, in America today, we have been taught, at least late women have been taught, that, that you can hate the rapist. Have you been taught that? One say yes and one say no. That's because you don't know. Right? They have to. Oprah and all the women teach, hate the rapists. I understand, but don't like, you know. And so a lot of women believe that they have a right to hate the rapists, not realizing that they're hurting themselves. You know what I'm saying? Keeping them away from God, keeping them away from ever finding peace because they're judging the rapists, and that's why they can't know God. And she's like, wow, so I can't hate the rapists? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> I can't hate anyone. And, I, and she said, um, and I explained to her why, why she can't hate the rapists. I explained to her that, just think about this. Your body has healed from being raped. You know, it, Your body has healed, but your spirit has not. And the pain that you're having is coming from you, from the real you, from your spirit that's separated from your creator. You don't have any more pain from the rapist, but you have the pain for hating the rapist. And she really, really saw it, and it made sense to her. And that's the first time she ever, you know, anyone ever explained that to her. And, and because she was suffering so much, she got it just like that. You know, she didn't have to meditate and all that kind of stuff. But she got it just like that because she had suffered so much. And she wanted help. And I often I run into that from time to time. And I think, wow, it's interesting 
how you can point the truth out to some people and they get it right away. And others, it takes forever. And I just uh, assume that it's because, I'm not assuming, but I think it's because some people haven't suffered enough or you're not fed up with suffering or something like that. I'm not sure what it is, but we have some stubborn folks that can, you can tell them the truth over and over again, and they will go through years of uh, hearing that truth but never changing, never let go of that anger. Isn't that amazing? They're really, really stubborn with that. And then I, was, um, I met a father and son that was referred to me, and the son was like 32 years old, by the way. And so we're in counseling, and we're having this discussion, and the son mad at the father, and blah, 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 right? And I realized in that discussion that the father had become his mother all the way, and the father in his 50s or 60s or whatever. But the father was total, he was, a, he was the epitome of his mother. The way that he dealt with his son, the way that he, they, the father explained to me that he had another brother, and the brother identified with, the, with his father, and he identified with the mother, right? And he had taken on every, everything about his mother, you know, she's dead. He was just like her, acting like her. And he wasn't a gay guy or anything like that, but he had the identity of his mother, and he did not want to face it, didn't realize it. And I just pointed out to him, I said, your problem is you're in denial about who you really are, and who you are is not you. You are the epitome of your mother. You are a woman. <laughs> you are a woman. He was shocked. But for the first time, by the end of the counseling session, he sounded as though he was going to look at it. And what's interesting about it, he did the same thing to his two sons that his mother did to he and his brother. The same identical separation with the same words and everything. He even said in the meeting about this son that was there, this is my, uh, this is my, this is my best son, or something like that, and, 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 and indicating that the other son was his worst son. And then later on in the conversation, he called this son, that's my baby, a 32-year-old man, right? I said, your baby? I said, a man don't say that this is my baby? <laughs> you ever heard a man say of his 32-year-old son, this is my baby? <laughs> I said, you're doing this because you're, your words, your everything is your mother. It's not you. It's your mother. And the son was like, he just started smiling because he has been so frustrated in the way that his father been dealing with him to a point he didn't even want to be around him. And it, it just helped me to realize that we are possessed. We be, and that's what sin is. We come into a, a family that's messed up, and we lose our identity, and we take on someone else. We take on our parents' identity. And because it happened at such an early age, we really don't know that that's what it is, that we have taken on another person's spirit. Whatever spirit that was in them is now in us. Because we forget 
when we, you know, when we lose ourselves and we become just like our parents, acting out the same thing. No wonder God let us just die out and have some more babies, hoping that somebody would get it right. Because this spirit has just repeated itself from generation to generation to generation. And that's why you can't fix yourself. You can't change yourself. No psychologist or psychiatrist can change you. Reading a book will not change you. Reading the Bible will not change you. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible. I recommend reading it. But don't read it thinking that it's going to change you. It will not change you. Uh, Spending your money on psychiatrists and psychologists and all these crazy folks, stop spending your money. They can't help you. They're only telling you ego stuff. They're not telling you, they're not revealing revelation to you that will help you to see things. You can't change yourself, so stop being mad about it. You know, stop trying to change yourself. You cannot do it. You really can't change yourself. You have to see it for what it is and don't hate what you see. See that you're no good, wicked, evil person. And you put on a a, a nice demeanor, but that's not who you are. Stop covering it up. Then you would change. But the more you fight against this thing, the worse you're going to get. You're not going to get better. If you want to change sooner rather than later, you got to come out of denial and and stop fighting against yourself. That makes sense? You really got to stop fighting. You can't change yourself. There's nowhere in the scriptures where it says, of yourself, you can change yourself. It's not in the scriptures. But yet, we can spend a lifetime trying to change ourselves. To a point that you can learn about the truth and go out and put on a phony attitude as though you know the truth. Correcting other people, you know, quoting scriptures, repeating what the preacher said. Just being a total hypocrite. It's time to change. And I have a scripture I'm going to share with you to show that. Uh, yes, ma'am. No, right here, yeah. I had a question. Yes. What's your take on, uh, you know, a uh, mother passing on her spirit or her, uh, her child? What about adopted children? Do you think they're kind of, they have a double barrier? Do yes. they have two spirits to overcome? Yes. My heart goes out to most not all, but most adopted children, because when you're not with your real parents, your natural-born parents, you have a longing for them. Even if you're with your father but not, was not raised by your mother, too, your mother was not there, you still long for her. You know, It's in us to do that. Uh, when you're not with your father, you long for your father. And what's missing in most people's lives is that longing for the father. And so they may get into an adoptive family that means well, make sure they get a good education, you know, take care of them, but they still have that emptiness. And then God forbid if they get into a family where the family is broken, you know, the mother and fathers are fighting and all that kind of stuff. It's double trouble for for those kind of kids. Now, if they got into an adoptive family and the father and mother explain to them, you know, we're not your natural-born parents, so you're going to have that little loaning thing there. Forgive your father for not being there or your, or your mother. You'll be fine. Don't hold it against them, you know. They still, they loved you. They just couldn't help themselves. 
I think then they can kind of let go because they will understand what happened, and then God can come in and change them. So you don't think it makes a difference if someone's adopted when they're like, they could be the day after they were born, they're still going to have the, okay. Yeah. And even if even if the parents went to the hospital, as soon as the baby dropped out, they, t- they took their baby as their own. It's still there because it's spiritual. We are a spirit, and spiritually we're supposed to connect with our earthly father because he represents God on earth. And when you don't have that there, spiritually you know that. You know something is wrong. I've known of several cases where people were adopted into good financial families, families who love them, and they still had that longing for their fathers. Absolutely, it was just there. And it wasn't the adopted family fault. It's spiritual. It really is. What we long for is the father, and nothing else can replace that. That's a very good question, because a lot of adopted kids are dealing with that. Just a follow-up question. So what would be a good age to... Because I think most people that adopt children kind of don't want to tell them they're adopted until they're adults. So I don't know I how, would, how you would tell a child they're adopted. Wouldn't you almost be damaging them? I think that when they start asking questions, because at some point they will start asking questions about things, for some reason they can sense at some point that this is not really my family. You know, <laughs> even though they're nice people, there's still something missing. They know something's missing. You just know it. And so at that point, when they want to know, that's when you tell them. I don't think you should shock them with the information. But a lot of parents are afraid because they don't want to lose the kids or they don't want to hurt them, so they don't tell them. But if they ever ask, that is the time to tell them. Uh, yes, sir? Um, you know, I, I noticed, I, I don't know all the way in my spirit that uh, my mother's spirit's inside of me, so to speak. But I know from actions I've taken and things that I do that there's something there. Right. Um, I was also just now when you were talking, thinking about my relationship, you know, with my parents. And um, in my mind, I believe that I rejected both my dad and my that mom. That could happen, yeah. And, and, yep. and I, I, I did. I wasn't the favored son, so to speak, so I kind of had a better relationship with my mom. But yet I rejected a lot of things that she tried to push on me. Right. Um, but I find later, and I know that I resented her for sure, very angry with her at the time. So um, just looking back, you know, now I can, I can still see things in me that have to have been from there because I don't know where else they would have kind of came into me. Right. You know. The best thing to do if you don't know for sure, if you can't see what it is, don't try to figure it out. Yeah. Don't make up stuff. Don't add stuff. Don't add, you know, you hear other people say, well, it's my mother in me or right. my father in me. My father screwed up. Now I'm screwed up. If you don't see that for sure, then don't put it there. Yeah, I don't see it for sure. Yeah. I just see a lot of, um, I suppose, when they have a case and they're putting together a lot of circumstantial evidence. Right. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but I don't have a thing deep in there, but yeah. there's just a lot of coincidences, so to speak, or I don't know what you would call them, but a lot of stuff there that that... that the same stuff that I saw in her. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And the reason I say don't, if you don't see clearly, it's best to leave it blank. Right. You know, I don't know right. what it is, you know, don't associate it with anything because once you put something there based on what you think it is, then God can't reveal to you what it really is. Right. Right. And because once God gives you revelation about what's wrong, you overcome it just like that. But when you try to figure it out yourself and piece it with things and compare it to other people's story and right. all that kind of stuff, you're putting it together, playing God, and you never will be healed from it. I don't it has th- to be, even with forgiveness, the only way that you can forgive, it must be revealed to you. Forgiveness is a, a spiritual action as well. It's not a wordy action. You know, it's not something you can say, I'm sorry, I forgive, I'm sorry. You don't change. Have you noticed? Think about how many times you have said, I'm sorry, and you're still the same person. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Even you've gone to God and say, you know what, God, I'm so sorry. I I was wrong. You still go back and do it again. Because everything has to happen spiritually in order to bring on a change. You can't be in control of that at all. It must be revealed. Yeah, I think that where I'm at now with it is kind of more like uh, not resistant to, to, to some of the things that I'm seeing. In other words, I think before I was more resistant against seeing any yeah, similarity with my mother kind of thing. The ego hurts. Yeah. And the average man do not want to accept Almost the worst thing you can tell a man that he's a woman, especially when he's trying to play man and act like he's a man, right? And you look at him and say, you know, you really are a woman. You're your mama. He'll rather cut his throat to hear that because he doesn't understand the spiritual aspect of what's going on in life, and he's embarrassed by it, and he would take it personally. But that's what's going on. The dynamics of what is wrong with us started in the home first. For the most part, exception to the rule, but for the most part, it starts right there in the home, and it's all spiritual. Yeah, it just seems like at some point you need to be open to see what are the influences that make you who you are right now, you know? I think that's, that's why it takes some people to suffer a lot before they can do that. Because yeah. the ego runs deep, and it runs in many directions. It could deceive you in so many different ways. You know, there's no one way for the ego. It's wide and broad, and it should just conceive you, deceive you in all kinds of ways. That's why God said that pathway is straight and narrow, and a lot of people don't understand what that means either, and they're being deceived. It's so unfortunate, but they are being deceived. One example of that, uh, and this is, I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for, who to love, or who not to love, but this example really, really bothered me and that it was so deceiving to a lot of people, and I believe it caused a lot of damage, and it would cause a lot of damage for a long time. Last week, uh, Oprah Winfrey, you know who she is? Anybody don't know who she is? Okay, Oprah. She's a talk show host. She's a black woman out there. She was in being interviewed by uh, BBC, British broadcast company, and she was asked about racism. She was asked about Obama, and the, the, uh, the interviewer asked if she thought that, amongst many things, if she thought that the people who disagree with Barack Obama were doing it because they are racist. 
is it because of his color? And she's like, yes, it is. Uh, they are disagreeing with him because he is African-American. And that's why they're disagreeing with him. And when I heard it, and, and she added more to it. I'm just making a long story short here. When she said that, it broke my heart. And the reason it did, because there are a lot of folks who respect her, who like her, who follow her, black and whites and others, right? And when she said that, I thought about how angry most black Americans are already. You know, they already feel with anger, and you're not a, in that community, you're not allowed to agree with white people, you know, to not be a part of the team of being angry. And, and then a lot of these kids are born out of wetlock, 73%. So you have all these babies coming with no instructions as to how to live and what to do. And they have, for the last 50 years, black Americans, most but not all, have looked up to so-called black leadership, people that they admire, looking for answers and looking for help. And those people have used these people, weak people, for their own personal gain. And it has caused nothing but rage and anger in the black community because it encourages hatred rather than forgiveness. And you, I can see in my own personal life, when I had any anger at all, I wasn't a happy person. I couldn't see clearly. I wasn't at peace. And this, for her to do that, is going to influence young black boys and girls who don't have parents or preachers or anyone to tell you that this woman was lying. That this woman just said that because she wanted to shut down disagreement with Obama. She wanted to shut down any debate. She wanted to manipulate. She wanted to intimidate for her own personal gain. And those young kids that heard that, those kids who are already doing knockouts to white folks, you heard about that, right? And for those who haven't, you have black teenagers, so far it seems to be mostly males, going around the country and just walking up to black, uh, white people, men and women, and knocking them out in the streets. Some people are dying from it because they're hitting their heads on the sidewalks and all that kind of stuff. And they're laughing about it and everything. And they feel justified in doing it because for the last 60 years or so, they, from generation to generation, have been taught that the white man is the enemy. White people are the enemy, and now there's nothing but pure hatred out there for white Americans from black folks. And it comes from broken homes and encouragement from so-called uh, leadership, you know, black leaders and folks in position like Oprah. And I say that there's no way that you can love what's right, that you could be of God and, and do that to another generation of people, to anyone, period but to a generation and generation of people, to encourage them to hate like that. Every president that I'm aware of have always been criticized. The, the public go after them, call them names and, and whatever. Obama is not the only president that's been folks have disagreed with. And if you want to compare how badly they're doing him, look at what happened to President Bush. They are mild with Obama as a, compared to President Bush. I didn't hear anyone say that they were going after him because he was, you know, they were racist. No one said that. But they did him awful. And for her to do that is absolute evil. It really, it really, really got to me when I heard her say that. I don't know how she can live with herself 
uh, encouraging that kind of hatred between the races, knowing what anger can do and what it's going to do between blacks and whites, especially young black folks. Last year, the year before, we had black kids going into white folks' establishment of businesses, robbing them, taking stuff, even with the cameras there, broad daylight. And the unfortunate thing is that white Americans are so paralyzed by fear of being called racist, nothing is being done about it. And it's only going to get worse before it gets better because whites are afraid. And when you're afraid, you bring out the worst of your enemy. It just it really got to me for her to do that. Because I work with these folks all the time. These people are angry. And they hate white Americans. If, 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 if anybody can be racist, they are. But it's encouraged by the top leadership. Because these folks don't have it in them to think for themselves. They don't have wisdom. They can't see what's going on. They're physical people in all that they do. And it's unfortunate. That's why we got to wake up. Somebody got to start telling the truth because it's not going to get better. I wouldn't, I started to say, I wouldn't want to be white in America today because you can be attacked at any point, anywhere, anytime. And then you're afraid to speak up. That's just even worse. And you have people like Oprah encouraging that kind of stuff. This is not new what she did. It's been going on for years. When I was younger, listening to Louis Farrakhan and Jackson, the same thing was being said, except that the media didn't report it at all then. And now it's being exposed, and still nobody's doing anything about it. I know Oprah's popular. I know she has a little money, but she's not God. If she's wrong, she's wrong. And it would be good for her soul to let her know she's wrong. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't put anybody before the truth. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care how much money they have. And uh, the truth is what makes us free, not just stuff that's happening in our society today. Can you imagine we have human beings going around the earth and just attacking other human beings, innocent women and children and, and adult men, and just knocking them out, in some cases killing them, and they laugh about it? They're standing there making a joke about it. They're not feeling any pain about it at all. I think even some animals feel bad when they kill you, don't they? (laughs) But these people are worse than animals. But that's what anger would do. It would do that to you. It's totally just, you have no feelings for anything. Isn't that something? Jesse, that's something else. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, I, I've been watching what you've been uh, um, talking about with Oprah, and uh, I find it, I, w- w- the way I see it, I see it the way you see it. I, I'm looking at also another angle of what's causing that, and that's um, identification. I think a lot of people that voted, uh, a lot of uh, uh, black Americans that voted for Obama voted for Obama because he simply was black. Of course. And they... They identify with Obama. Here you have, you know, he was their champion, and they identify with him. So any criticism that they make uh, towards Obama, they feel it. That's right. They feel and, the pain of it. Is that yeah, they, all you're right. talking about that person individually? Yes. So if you call him an incompetent whatever, it irks them. Yeah. 
And that's a very good point. Yeah, and I have in counseling, I've dealt with men and women who, if I mention their parents, like you had evil parents, they get mad as though I said they were evil. You know, like as though I said you are an evil person, right? I only said your parents was wrong. Here's what they did. But they are so identified, so much a part of. And I understand that because when I was into the black thing and had anger right. and mad at white Americans, you said anything about black people, I didn't have to know them or anything. It was as though you said it about me. You were a racist. You deserve death. And, and I'm saying that, too, because I had that, too, yeah. growing up as a, a Latino or Hispanic. You know what I mean? I identified with certain champions out there, and then when they criticized them, I felt it. Right. And now, you know, um, and, and realizing, uh, you know, Hold Jesus, the like this. And realizing Jesus' scripture, that there is no Jew, Gentile, or Hebrew, or yeah. whatever have you, in Christ. And that, that's, a, that's a great sin. You know, sin, of, a sin that's a, such a powerful the point. Race. That's a very right. powerful point. And I didn't know this until it happened to me. Once you truly, truly, when you're born again of the Spirit of God, race vanish. Male and female vanish. You start to see the spirit of what's going on. Not that you don't see the physical person as a male or the, you know, the woman as a woman, but you see the spirit that drives those people. It is so weird. You just see it. You just know it, and you just see it, and you don't hate it. You have compassion. You want to help. You just see it. There is no, when you're born again, there is no male or female. There is only good and evil. It's only that. In reality, that's all we have. That's why you must be born again. And angry people, if you have anger, you have not been born again. That's why you're in and out. You're up and down, you're racing around, you're doing this and doing because you haven't been born again. You can't encourage hatred when you're born again. You can't go along with what's wrong when you're born again. You don't judge yourself when you're born again. You know of yourself you can't do anything when you're born again. It's not necessary to cheat folks when you're born again. Lies, it just all vanishes away when you're born again. The problem is it's so hard to get people to and I'm showing you something in a minute here, but it's hard to get people to that place where they can be born again, where it can happen, where you can just enter in. And just be like the young lady said earlier, you know, just, I change. I live my life now. I'm not the same person. You do change, and you don't go in and out of it. You can't be angry today and happy tomorrow and think you're born again. A happy, an angry person yesterday and that person that's happy today is still that angry person from yesterday. It's just a mood change, that's all. But nothing else did. It's time to be wake up. It's time to be born again. It's time to tell the truth because Satan is having a field day. It really is. For her to do that and people like that to do that, and again, I don't care who you voted for. I'm just talking about the spirit of what's going on. It's bad, folks. It is bad, and it's getting worse. And why are you running around? And I'm not yelling at anybody in the office, I mean, in this meeting. But why are you running around, making a little money, and thinking you're important, you're losing it. I know people who have no idea what's happening in this country. Some people don't even know about uh, uh, socialized health care. I'm like, uh, do you support socialized uh, Obamacare? They're like, what is that? 
I'm like, don't you listen to the radio or something at some point? They're like, yeah, but I don't listen to stuff like that. I listen to the things I'm interested in, like how to eat or exercise and all that kind of crap. We are losing it. And I have to tell you, not all, not all, not all, but even the average Christian cannot be trusted. They only like you up until a certain point. They like you as long as you're dealing with politics and you agree on politics or disagree on politics. They like you as long as you're talking about somebody else. Point out their fault, it's over. It's gone. And not all, but you got to be born again. You must be born again. And I want to, you know, tell you how to be born again in that point out how to be born again. Because you can be born again. You can have the spirit, of, live by the spirit. You can do that. It can happen. Of yourself, you can't do it. But it can happen to you. Uh-huh. Irma, you had a question? Yes. Or oh, comment? And then, Kelly, I want you to read something for me, okay? It was uh, related to what Pat was talking about regarding sin. Um, I guess it's, it's nice to see where, or regarding your, you were talking about how the spirit that you get from your parents. Um, I guess it's nice to see where or who that's coming through, but does it really matter as long as you realize that it's sin? Does it matter if it's, you know, to really, or does it help to know that it was through your mom, whatever, because... The same spirit she's passing down to you came through her, her mother and so on and so on and so on. So what, It could happen from the father, too. Right. So what does it really because matter? Because most fathers are not real men. They it's don't not really a big nature. deal whether it's through the mother or whatever. The, the fact is that it's sin is what's important. That's a very interesting question. I mean, it's good to know it. I'm not saying I'm not dismissing it. But in the bigger picture... I don't think it's that, I don't see it as that, necessarily that important, as long as you realize that it is a spirit of sin. But why wouldn't you see it as that important? Um, Because I feel like if you know that it's sin, and you know that it was, that's the spirit that was, I don't know, inhabited your your mother or your father or wherever you got that spirit from. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, and, and it's not them, it's the spirit that made a home in them that was passed down to them that started since the beginning of time. So I think it's a mistake to get caught up in the personality or the mannerism that you adopted from your mother or whatever, because ultimately it boils down to sin. That is so interesting. Isn't that like a totally interesting? I'm glad you said that, man. It's a very interesting question or comment. Um, I'm going to work backwards a little bit. You mentioned that it doesn't matter because... You know, we know that this has been passed down since the beginning of time, referring to Adam and Eve, whole situation, right? It's it's unfortunate that you know about that story. It really is unfortunate that you know about the Adam and Eve story. And the reason I say that, knowing about that story can keep you away from being born again. Because it builds the ego. It makes you think you know and understand what you have heard and read, but you really don't know. But it seems like you do know because the story is in the Bible, and according to the scriptures, it is a true story. 
And so you read it, and because it came from the Bible or somebody said it, you think you know what it is, and you don't. Isn't it like, unfortunately, like a trick? Because it is a true story. And then moving back with more, he's saying that, uh, uh, well, is it important? And I may not be repeating exactly what you said. Well, we know we have the spirit of our parents, our mother, whatever. Is there, you know, we know that, but that's not that important. Just know that it's a sin, right? That sounds good. Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> but it's unfortunate you know that too. Because that is keeping you away from being born again. It, it makes you think that you understand the depths of God's way when you really don't. Because it sounds true, and a lot of people act like mama or act like their fathers and stuff. So, you, you know, it's not like it's true. It's not until you don't know anything that you discover what's really going on. There has to be a way to teach folks without really telling them that stuff. Because they lock into it, they repeat it, it sounds like the truth. We all read it, we all agreed to it, and it sounds like the truth, but it's locking away from salvation. It keeps you away from that straight and narrow path. And then, you, you know, people, we all been guilty and guilty. We go out there looking at other people acting out. First thing we think, oh, they're acting like their parents. Or they're doing this or doing that. Not knowing that we have no idea what we're talking about. Isn't that like, it's like a trick. A mind is a terrible thing to save. <laughs> because in re- when I, when God blessed me, and allowed me to wake up and see. I had not heard or knew that it had anything to do with the spirit of my mother or my father. I had no idea. I had not heard about it. And I had read the Adam and Eve thing in the Bible, you know, Genesis and all that, but I hadn't put that with anything else, you know. I just knew the man listened to the woman, now we're all suffering. You know, I blame Adam. And, And that's about it. But I had no idea of what happened with me and my mother and my father and how that had changed my nature and my life. It was only when God revealed to me the spiritual aspect of what happened, when he revealed to me that I resented my mother, I resented my father, and I become like them, and then revealing that to me without me having the knowledge of it caused me to, to be sad about it. A, a different sadness that you can't make up. It caused me to repent, to forgive them, and allow me to see that it wasn't about them, me being like them. It wasn't about me having her nature or not having it. It was about me hating her. Uh, that's where the hang-up was. I was hating her for what she had done, had done. As a result of the hatred, the resentment I had become. But it was the unforgiveness that I didn't know I had that was locking me in to the ego mind and to a messed up life. But I didn't, so I didn't know about what Irma just said. Or I'm here all the time. You hate your mama, you hate this, and all that kind of stuff, right? You're just like your mama. And so I was, by not knowing about it, the, the truth of it did not lock me in from the discovery of it. That makes sense? Yeah. And so that's why I say it's so messed up. We have been done harmed by people who meant well in many cases, our parents and others, they have taught us about the truth, and the very thing that they have taught us have, is keeping us away from truth. And we're just still suffering, 
Well, I'm not, but y'all is. <laughs> y'all are. Because the ego is in the way. And that's too bad, huh? I guess. The knowledge of good and evil is not good. But revelation is. Kelly, come read something for me. Oh, yeah, you need the mic. This is from Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. Uh, You start here and just end right there. Children of the light, besides, you know the time has come, the moment is here for you to stop sleeping and wake up because by now our salvation is nearer than when we first began to believe. The night is nearly over. Daylight is on the way, so let us throw off everything that belongs to the darkness and equip ourselves for the light. Let us live decently, as in the light of day, with no orgies or drunkenness, no promiscuity or licentiousness, and no wrangling or jealousy. Let your armor be the Lord Jesus Christ, and stop worrying about how your disordered natural inclinations may be fulfilled. Thank you. Until you can do that, now I don't know how you're going to do it, but until you can give up all you've learned and all you know about the truth, all that you know about the mama thing and the daddy thing and all that, I think it's not going to happen. I, I mean, I think. I don't know. You know, it's up to God. I don't know what God can do. It's on him, but it's making it difficult for you. And for some reason, once this stuff is stuck in the, in the intellect, in the mind, it's hard for people to separate from it. It's like what you were saying about identity. It's like you've identified with knowing this true thing, with your intellect, and it's hard to separate from it. I know some people want to, and I know people have tried, but it's not working because they're so with that. And that's the hold back. And I, I, believe, I believe the only way you, what I would recommend, you stop talking about your mama and other folks' mama. You know, in other folks' dad, stop saying it. Maybe it'll fade away or something. Maybe you forget that you know all this stuff that you've learned that's keeping you away from revelation. So, and it's like always quoting the scripture to someone, you know? <laughs> Going out just, thus said the Lord. You just quote the scriptures when you haven't found it. Somehow or another, you gotta forget you know all that stuff. And maybe just become a watcher or something, observe and don't say anything. Because you're not helping yourself and others by doing that. You want revelation. You want things to be revealed to you and others. You want to be able to have a conversation with someone and things are revealed to you. Patrick and I went to a meeting yesterday, long story short, and we sat with one, two, three, four, five men at this meeting in this little uh, at this uh, conference room. And the wisdom that came about was overwhelming. It was just really profound. And the guys in that room had no idea what had happened, but they were able to see what I was talking about, what I was telling them, what I do and what we do with, deal with people. And they, they were just, it was just being revealed to them what had happened to them. I didn't even have to point out their issues at all. But you want wisdom, and what this scripture is, is talking about all these situations that you have can bring you to this place where salvation is. What I'm talking about is right here, right now. 
uh, God is here right now. He's not in his illusion of the future. He's not in your ego learning about the future and learning about truth. He's not in the past. He's right here, right now. And, and you've got to have a second where you don't remember anything. You're not into what you've learned so he can just lock you in. I'm out of time, but thank you for tuning in and calling in. We need your tithing offering. We'll pick up on this later. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Oh, what you're away from